Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Prosperity. 
And that's why Paul said, I know how to abound and I know how to be abased. Because a good Christian must be a good Christian in the day, in the night, in the summer, in the winter, in the cold, in the heat, in the light, in the dark, in abundance and in poverty. We must know how to be Christians in any of these conditions. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have a better amen, please? Amen. All right, so Paul said, I know how to abound and I know how to be abased. Now, I am sharing with you what to do when you experience abundance. Now, abundance was what Isaac experienced. That's why we read that scripture. He was struggling to find water. In those days, you know, to be connected to water and sewage was a miracle. And so he had to dig his own well and find his own water. Finally, he had his own water. To have water meant that his cows, his sheep, his goats were going to have uh, all that they needed to be able to do well. So his sheep, his goats, and others were going to grow. His uh, flocks would multiply. His family would have water to drink and uh, water to wash their things. Water for all the things we need water for. And then also his crops would grow. His tomatoes, cabbages, and uh, potatoes, and other things that he was growing would all do well. So suddenly everything was working out well. Nobody was fighting with him over these basics. All right? So when he had experienced these basics, he said, now that the Lord has made room for me, you know, in other words, now that things are a little better, you know, uh, I am going to be fruitful. And that's why he called that well Rehoboth, which means roominess and fruitfulness. All right? Uh, my friend, Reverend Steve Mensah, uh, in his church, and he's called his, his church building Rehoboth Temple. You know, because they struggled in the university, the cafeteria, and other places. And the Lord has blessed them with their own beautiful church building. And so he's called the church building Rehoboth Temple. You know, because it means that the Lord has made room for them as a ministry. And now they are going to be fruitful. Hallelujah. So. You, you must understand, you know, when God makes room for you and takes away some of the old struggles, you are not, not praying for a husband, there is a husband. You are not, not praying, you know, to have what to eat. You are not, not struggling to get money for accommodation. You are not struggling for some basics, you know. And the Lord has made room for you. What are you going to do? Are you going to backslide? No. The opposite. You must be fruitful. Now, the reason why many of us are struggling with this concept of fruitfulness in the church i'm not talking about unbelievers i'm talking about christians is because we are severely deluded by the things that are on this earth we are laboring under profound delusions of things that are unreal things that are going to evaporate and disappear so the, the word of God is sometimes not even preached because if it's preached, it will be too unreal and it will be too uh, 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 far out, as it were, you know, far from the reality that uh, people want to have in their lives. And so you find out that 
we are now concerned with earthly things. And so the word of God becomes a difficult thing. The Bible says, you know, that these are things which stumble at the word that is obedient. We stumble when the word comes, it's like it causes even a problem and we become irritated, offended, you know, uh, we disobey, we refuse to flow along. But these are things we stumble at the word of God. Jesus Christ himself is called a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. That's why he said, blessed is he that is not offended in me. So the word, the preaching of the word, you know, even I, you know, have been preaching about some of these things for some time. I felt a bit tired of preaching, you know, preaching, doing about the word of God, getting involved, being fruitful and so on. And the Lord told me, you know, the other, the other week, that listen, in the third hour you call, in the sixth hour you call, in the ninth hour you call, eleventh hour even, you go out and you call, you make, a, you make an offer. And the Lord told me, don't stop making the offer. Don't stop encouraging people in the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. Because there are always people that will respond at different stages of their lives. Can I have an amen? amen. Now, what is it that makes the preaching of the word of God so ineffective that even pastors are now encouraged to stop preaching the word of God? The other day I was talking to one pastor and he said to me, how many pastors talk about heaven or even the grounds that you get in heaven. It looks unreal. It looks distant. Nobody ever speaks about the crowns that have been promised us. I mean, what's that? We are not we've been thinking of getting a DVD. We prefer a DVD to a crown any day. Lord, give me a crown. I can't have use of I have no use of these crowns you are talking about. We are just like this man, Jacob's brother. What's his name? Esau. We are just like that. It's like, what's the use of this uh, birthright thing. Let me have some bread. You know, because it's of no use to me. The crown, heaven, and so on. It sounds crazy. Let, give me a car. You know, give, give me some other money. Give me a house. I, I can relate with that. So ladies and gentlemen, we, we must not despise what God has offered us. It makes it difficult even to preach the word of God. We have become so earthly minded. But you see, when God blesses charismatic Christians, we must now say that now that we are blessed and we are richer than we have ever been before, let us finance the gospel so that the churches will be built in the poor places where they cannot pay for the gospel. Let's have that mind. Now that the Lord has made room, I'll be fruitful. You see, as a church, we are no more building here. There's no more construction. You don't see scaffolding, you don't see mixes, you don't see capital. But we are building, we have now embark on a project to build 100 church buildings. 100, apart from the 15 or so that we are building now, we have embarked on another project to begin 100 different church building projects. It's a big place to clap. How are we going to do this thing? Let me tell you something. You see, if there is a fire or there is a principal of a school and it comes, it gets annoyed with the church that's meeting in this classroom. In a moment, the church can disappear. If there is a war that comes to this country, in a moment, all these churches will find. When we come back, there'll be no more church. But you see that certain churches are able to continue. You get it? Because they are in buildings. Amen. Even, even when they backslide, they still exist. Until God is able to come and revive them. But they are housed and they continue to be there. 
and God can revive them inside their house one day. And so we are also building and we must decide to be fruitful and you must decide to be spiritually fruitful. But what is the great problem? The great problem is the delusion of the things on this earth, the cares of this world. Oh man, the children, the accommodation, the job, the responsibilities, the contracts, survivor for next year. Even sometimes we are surviving this year, we are thinking of the next five years. The deceitfulness of riches, the deception. When we look at people in their shiny cars, we, we think they are really making it. When we see people in their magnificent houses, we, we, we are jealous of them. We say, man, if only I could be there. But they are there, but they, many of them are also not happy. We may be happier buying our 2,000 kk and 1,000 fish. I'm pushing your pijou, your old pijou. Satan has diverted our attention from the real thing. Look, within the next 40 years, most of us here will not be on earth. You don't be in America, you'll not be on earth. And that's how I'm not saying that you're not being in Ghana. You can play and see. But you see, Satan, even though it's a reality which we are faced with all the time, and even though Ghanaians really love giving attention to the dead, you know, we are really, you know, in Ghana, if you don't take your funeral seriously, you can even lose your election. You can lose your church members if you don't take their funeral seriously. You can offend people. We are really concerned about our funerals. But even though we go for these funerals all the time, it does not strike us that soon we will join these people. And what is there after? Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you that one day, the thing that is going to come, and I've been preaching about abundance, because I told you the tithe, when you have, have abundance. I told you all the things in Deuteronomy 26, when you come into the land, do this, remember, and so on and so forth. I've taught you about abundance, and now I've come to this point, fruitfulness. When you experience some level of abundance, you have to decide to be fruitful. But why are we not being fruitful? I was surprised, you know, to watch the World War II unfold. I was watching a, uh, a documentary and I watched how the British were able to invade and defeat the Germans. You see, they fought this war for many years and Germany invaded all these countries. They invaded France, Italy, Holland, all, all of them. They took over. But one country they were not able to take over was England. Because England is separated from the main part of Europe by water. So to get there, you need to actually invade and you need to come with your aeroplanes and your ships and so on. So it wasn't easy for them. They tried to bomb London. In fact, our church building in London was bombed during the Second World War. The church building that we bought, you know, but we bought a, an old Anglican church building. And uh, during the Second World War, that building was bombed and half of it was uh, bombed off. So it's actually, been, uh, it's actually a reconstructed 
building that we, we, we bought. But during the world, Second World War, it was one of the buildings that were bombed. Alright? So, but anyway, thank God that we were able to buy it. Amen. It's still valuable. So we are not allowed to even tamper much with it because it's one of the historical sites we are not supposed to uh, change certain things about the buildings. Anyway, so they bombed London, bombed and bombed and bombed, but still, you know, they were not able to take over. So as the war progressed, the Americans were drawn into the war and decided to participate. And so by, by, by they were bombed like hell, and just like someone United took them up, whatever, and it forced them into the war. And so finally, they decided to invade Europe and go and get Hitler in his house. Are you understanding? So that was the greatest move of the whole war, was how to come and actually get onto the land and be there. So to get there and to march to Europe, they needed tanks, cars, trucks, troops, thousands and thousands and thousands of Food, petrol, ammunition, everything on the line, on the line in Europe, and they don't have any one over there. So how are we going to do it? So that is what they call the D-Day, the day that they actually invaded and entered Europe. And the Germans knew they were going to come one day, but they didn't know where they were coming. But there are many points on the shore, on the border, on the coast that you could have entered. Will they come here? Will they come here? Will they come? If they are going to come here, we will meet them, we will bomb them, we will burn them. They won't take even five steps on the land, but we will finish them off. And so they had spies. Some of the spies were, they would tell, they knew that they were spies, they would give them the wrong information, tell them we are coming on this day, we are going to land here, we are going to land here, we are going to land. They didn't know where they were going to land. So the Americans came to England. They were at the point about a million of them in England, American troops hiding up, building up to, for the invasion. So the DJ, but nobody knew where the DJ was and when it was coming. They built a harbor, they actually constructed a harbor which they, they pulled across the channel. They, 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 they pushed it across or pulled it up and set up a harbor within a few hours. A harbor through which they put all their tanks, troops, cars, trucks, everything, and thousands of troops. So the Germans were waiting, they had armed themselves everywhere. But I was, I, I was amazed as I watched what they did. You know what they did? Instead of just coming to the place they were coming to, they set up two other invasions which were not invasions. So they were, it was like they were invading here. And they made their, they made their place fly like a rectangle over it place to create a signal on the radar that looks like a large force are coming here. So the information they were getting that a large force are coming somewhere else. And then they set up another one which gave the message that a large force are coming here. And so the Germans thought they were coming there. Not only they were coming somewhere else. So it was only by the afternoon that the Germans realized where the real invasion was coming from. And by that time, the history tells us 150,000 troops were on the land in France, coming, marching in. 
And we're running. Because you see, if you ever watch that thing, you see how they as they when they step on the shop of this, they move them down. It was a terrible day for the British and for everybody. They were more down. But you see, if they had known where, they would have come to meet them. Wouldn't you have come to meet your enemy? So they directed their attention from the real thing. And all the people thought it was something else until it was too late. That's a trick in warfare. You get it? So that you just divert attention. And you go there. And then before you know it, hey, 150,000 of them are somewhere else. That's what the enemy is doing in the church. They have diverted our attention from the real issue that is at stake. Your eternal life. Your spiritual life. Heaven. That is awaiting you. And all our attention is on certain problems which are not problems. Issues which are no issues. And all our attention has been shifted to things that are not really the And by the time we realize, it will be too late. And the enemy would have come in and would have wasted our lives. That's what's happening with most people. And that is why the Bible says that the word goes forth, but the cares of the world. You know, he will give us so many cares. So if a person who does well with God is someone who is able to rise above the cares of this world. Not that you don't have cares, but you rise above the cares of this world. This church, I started this church by the grace of God when I was a medical student. A medical student has many cares. And you can ask any medical student. It's not a small thing to be a, you are a medical student. Is it easy to be a medical student? It's not easy, Bishop. Why is it not easy? Why is it difficult? Because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. And exams, you have any exams? A child. Child exams. She says we have child exams. A child means a lot. Yeah. 
and still we are not becoming spiritual. Ladies and gentlemen, Satan has set up a false attack. How many realize that some of the problems that you had some time ago, later as you go, you realize that they were not really any one problem, but it's sort of occupying you so much. Raise up your hand if you have had such a problem before. Raise your hand. It filled your mind so much and your heart so much. Then later, as time goes by, you look back, realize it was a problem, but it wasn't so big. It shouldn't have taken up so much of me. Don't be deceived, though. I said the Germans moved to the left completely. The attack was coming here. And they set up another one here and another one here. And they made the data and they did the things to just give the impression. And for a long time, they thought that was where the attack was going. So there were planes flying, 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 up, creating a rectangular uh, a shape in the radar that looked like a large force. <laughs> because you see, the, the shape on the radar looks like all oh, here is covered. So they were going like that, like that. So somebody was just flying like that. And the Jesus just said that attack is coming on the northeast. Thousands of planes and troops are coming. It wasn't true at all. It wasn't a problem. The cares of this world, the deceitful, the, the pleasures. Some of us have fornicated God so much. And it doesn't take you anywhere. Dancing in disco, but you wouldn't dance in the church. Playing the fool, but you wouldn't play in the church. Of the devil. 
remember him when he was doing what was the good? I was like, he went about the villages and towns preaching and teaching. That's what a church is for. That's what a pastor is for. Don't try to turn us into something else. Please listen to me. I'm your pastor. You've got an uncle. I know you've got an ethnic father. You've got a, 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 a friend. You've got your teacher in school. But I am a pastor. And that is my relationship with you is spiritual things. And God is calling you to be spiritual and to do his work and to be a spiritual person. My job is not to make you rich on earth. But I can assure you that if you seek the kingdom of God first, he will add all things to you. God is not here to be that things from you, subtract wealth from you, make you reduce you, make you a poor person. But I am, that is not my gospel. My gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must believe in him and him crucified. We must accept him. Listen, it's time to come out of laziness. In truth, I'm telling you, God is going to give you better jobs. You see, Ghana is becoming a very prosperous country by the grace of God. We are becoming a star. We are called the black stars, isn't that also? We are becoming a star in Africa. I went somewhere to preach and then there was a Nigerian preacher who preached before me. And when he went, he introduced himself, I bring you greetings from Nigeria, the giant of Africa. So when I went, I also said, I also bring you greetings from Ghana, the star of Africa. Spring! 
And I pray that the spirit of fruitfulness, obedience, love for you and to you will be in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for an opportunity to hear again another message on fruitfulness. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, maybe somebody invited you to church, want to give your life to God, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to say, Pastor, pray for me, pray with me. If you are here like that, I want you to just lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. You want to give your life to God. Maybe somebody invited you, but in your heart, you know you are far away from God. Pastor, pray with me. You're watching my television. Pastor, I know if I die tomorrow, I'll go to hell. Please pray with me. I want to pray with you also. If you are studying, you've lifted up your hand, come to the front. We want to pray with you very quickly. Just come. Come on and pray. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. And say this prayer with me. Say this prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Keep coming. God bless you. Say this prayer. Close your eyes. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I am yours. You are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.